Hey, Sarasota, it's Bob. So it's been a wonderful grind over the past 18 months. We've had some fabulous guests. We've produced over 150 episodes. and We've had over 10,000 listens from you wonderful folks in the greater Sarasota area. It's been a lot of fun, but also it's been a lot of work. And so we've decided to take a little bit of a break until this fall. When you check out other podcasts, you're going to see that most put out a new episode only once a week. We put out two, so of course that means there's twice the work. A lot of show notes, scheduling, guests, editing, etc., etc., etc. So we've decided to take a little break for the rest of the summer and we will resume this fall. And we'll let you know. But before I sign off, can you do me a little favor? Reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Drop us a little note. I'd like to know more about what you want to hear when we resume in the next couple of weeks. That'd be a big help because without you, dear listener, we would not exist. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll be back soon where you can listen, learn, and connect. Justin Belanti, Managing Partner, Recruiting Aficionado, Vice President of Business Development for Titan Placement Group which is a healthcare-focused contingency recruiting firm. Welcome to the Sarasota Stories podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Bob. That's a heck of an introduction, man. (laughs) (laughs) I pulled that off your LinkedIn page, so I thought that was a great, I think that was a great title for your introduction. So, well, that's cool. Well, I'll tell you, I haven't talked to too many recruiters in my career because I've pretty much been self-employed for for a long, long time. So I'm curious, particularly what's happening in the recruiting field, but also in the healthcare recruiting field, because living here in the greater Sarasota area, you see just perusing around the open jobs that are available. And of course, everybody and their cousins moving down here. So we need more doctors to take care of all of us uh, baby boomers. So we're going to talk about all the stuff that you get into in your firm. But I'm going to ask you my favorite question, which is what is one thing that most people don't know about Justin? Well, uh, one thing off the top of my head, um, I actually was one of the first uh, high schoolers at Sarasota High to go train with the Marines at Paris Island. Um, We were the first and last ones, and uh, we had a blast doing it. It was a good time. Really? What did that look like? So when you you say you were recruited, were you in the Marines, or was it a ROTC thing? What was that? Yeah, so I was a JROTC uh, guy, um, did all four years, and on my senior year, they had a a special invite uh, for a select few of us to go do basically a summer camp uh, at Paris Island, and we got our own barracks, uh, our own drill instructor, and they uh, put us through the ringer, to say the least. Is that right? Is it, was was it like, uh, was what they call it, buds or whatever? Did they, they bury you up to your neck in the sand and yell at you and throw cold water at you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Four <laughs> in the morning, they came banging a, a, a trash can, you know, wake us all up. And uh, we had to run to the mess hall for breakfast, run after to get to PT and do PT. And then the day begins. That is too much. Uh, so, uh, so you don't mess around as a headhunter now, I'll bet. <laughs> I learned a few from them, that's for sure. Well, that's a cool bit of trivia. That's a cool bit of trivia. Well, let's talk about how you got into the recruitment industry, the headhunter industry. And, uh, you know, then tell us about Titan. 
what they do, how they do it, but, but tell us what interested you about the recruitment industry that you decided to make a career out of it. Sure. So I don't have a formal education. Um, I grew up, you know, part of the underserved demographic here in Sarasota. And uh, essentially, I didn't know until I was about halfway through my senior year that, you know, couple years before was the time to really start preparing for, for you know, my post uh, high school education. Um, so I had to get to work, uh, started working, um, got promoted at a call center to call center manager. And at the time, I just didn't really feel fulfilled, if that makes sense. And I didn't really see like the light at the end of the tunnel, right? I could stay there and, and maybe work my way up the ranks to an executive director, you know, 10, 20 years down the line. Um, and literally saw an ad on Craigslist uh, for a recruiting position and talked to my wife. Um, and she was like, you know, go for it. You know, I support you. Uh, I went there and, and, and basically didn't even know recruiting was a thing. Um, I knew that people recruited for their positions internally, right? You have HR. That's what HR does. I didn't know that there was a, 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 an entire industry for the middleman. Um, that day I had a shadow where I had to call a list of numbers and here's the script, just old fashioned head hunting and, um, got home that day, told my wife, I said, you know, this, this could be, uh, our way out. Cool. Um, and, and then, you know, here I am 10 years later, 10 years later. Well, that's really cool. I'm trying to think where the industry actually began. I correct me if I'm wrong. The headhunter industry, I think began with, um, Apple computers when steve jobs was looking for what was the fellow scully was his name or mm -hmm. what when scully um, i know you're talking about the guy slips my mind but anyway steve jobs wanted to kind of take apple to the next level and they hired a quote professional manager or whatnot and somebody placed them together and that was kind of like the beginning of the the headhunter industry so that was back in the 90s so it's really still a pretty young industry so it's interesting that um here again here you are 10 years later but it's an interesting industry where you find talent and in today's world you have to have the talent particularly in healthcare mm, no kidding yeah it's wozniak was that wozniak you were thinking of no 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 the, ah. no, no, no steve jobs and wozniak both started the firm at, at right. started apple but it was later it was probably i don't know 10 20 years later when steve jobs really wanted to take it off but anyways so so that's how you got into the industry. Now, tell us about Titan Placement Group. It's in the healthcare industry. What do you do and how do you do it? So we are a direct hire, permanent placement, healthcare focused, contingency based recruiting firm. So that's a mouthful, I know. Uh, direct hire would mean anyone that we uh, send in is employed by uh, our client. So we do not hold any HR files or W-2s. Um, permanent placement, meaning majority of our positions are going to be on a full-time permanent basis. Um, direct hire, meaning they're not ours. Uh, healthcare focus, when we only do healthcare, uh, we don't do anything else. Right. Um, and then contingency would mean that uh, our clients pay us nothing. Uh, we work on a pay for performance model, right? We only ever get paid if we perform and we like you're, it that way. You're like a realtor then, right? That's it. Yeah. I use a lot of analogies uh, in my team space um, because it's very similar. Um, you know, we provide our team the resources. That's the only difference. So in the contingency piece of that, 
let's say you place a candidate. They work for six weeks and is not a fit or they move on. How does that work? Do you have to give all that money back? So when when I first started recruiting, you, you literally could just send an email, say, hey, if you send me, send me someone and I hire them, we'll pay you a fee. That's that's how it was, right? Uh, now, you know, things have changed and I think the pandemic has really shifted, you know, things a little bit more. Um, yes, so we do have a warranty, right? However, our job is to find them, right? And I say this to my clients all the time, your job is to keep them, right? Sure. Um, we bring qualified candidates to the table, you know, if there's mutual interest, they hire them, they actually, you know, quit their job and then start working with a, a new organization. But there's a, there's a big commitment piece there, but we're humans, right? Things change. And as you could see in the last few years, like values change since the pandemic and people tend to come and go. If they spot something that they don't like right away, they're out. Uh, so right. as a courtesy, yes, we do offer a couple month warranty. It's almost like a probationary period, right? God forbid, you know, it doesn't work out. You know, they got to leave. They're terminated. Whatever it is, you guys separate. We'll take care of it at no cost. Right, right, right. I'm, I'm sure that's I'm sure that's a rough situation. Well, I guess maybe back to the real estate analogy. Then you have to have your inventory, your listings, if you will. But then you also have to have the relationship with the firms that mm -hmm. need someone like you to find the talent that they really at this point desperately need in the healthcare industry. What does that look like? Because you're not the only firm in town and you are working with hospitals and surgery centers and whatever else it is to develop those relationships. So how do you do that? No, you hit the nail on the head, right? If you look on every corner in Sarasota, there's a recruiting office, uh, one form or another that serves an industry. Uh, and you're right, it's relationship based, right? I, I usually say it's very similar to that of, of real estate and or uh, a hairstylist, if you will, right? You don't go to the shop itself, you go to the stylist, or you go to the realtor, right? And that's the reality. A lot of the relationship I've, you know, cultivated over the years, you know, whether it's a mentor that's, you know, made a warm call or I've had some that, that I have developed by calling them every single day for six months until they answer the phone and they're like, what, you know, and then, and then that's the beginning of our relationship. And, and I have friends to this day that we, we still text and, and, you know, have, have a good one-on-one -on -one rapport that you can't get by just, you know. Uh, okay. We're going to start over on that. Hold Are you there? He just froze up. Hold on. Am I still frozen? No, you're good. Hold on. Okay. No, we're going to a correction right there. I was afraid that might happen, this office. No one else is here. It's just me. Ah, no worries. Let me ask the question again. Well, my question was simply... Uh, this is going to be a long correction. So, David, you have to put David, excuse me, Justin, you have to put together, you have to put together both the organization and the candidate. What does that look like? How do you get to the hiring manager 
the organization because you're not the only guy in town who's trying to place these candidates. So what does that look like? How do you build relationships with the organizations that you can place candidates with? Well, that's so true. It's all about building that relationship. I think it all starts with talking to the right person, right? It's it's boiler room, you know, old school business development, right? You got to get through the gatekeeper, make sure you're talking to the appropriate person. And once you get that person on the line, that's when you can really start building those relationships. Um, and sometimes it takes six months of calling the same person every day, trying to convey your value until you can actually, you know, get them on the phone and, and then be able to start from there. Once you do build those relationships, do they have a tendency to come back to you time and time again? Yeah, yeah. Uh, ultimately, right, my job is not to, to have a transactional business, right? I don't want to fill one order and then go find another client, get another order, fill that order, right? I want long term, the next time another order comes up, uh, that they think of me and, and it all starts with providing, you know, a seamless customer experience and then ultimately providing the qualified candidates that they need. You know, as a former HR manager myself, it is very difficult to take a look at a resume. And even today with social media, you have that. I didn't have that years ago when I was hiring and firing people. But when you look at records, that really doesn't tell you how they're going to perform on the job. So how do you ensure that you have a good fit? That's so true. You're working with, you know, that's a good question. Um, because here's the reality. Uh, I might be a professional resume reader, but they, and the candidates, these professionals, they're working. They're not professional resume writers. They don't know what information the resume readers myself are looking for. And, and how do we bridge that gap? It's, it's having open lines of communication and having conversations. Um, you, I always say to my guys, you can't identify someone's really a good fit just based off the resume. You got to have a conversation with these individuals. So pick up the phone or we do a Zoom uh, today's world and, and really try to see if, if the person that is on the paper is the same person that we talk to. And then inevitably, you're making sure if they're a good personality and culture fit for our company as well. So let's say I'm a cardiac nurse and I'm wanting to relocate from, I don't know, Detroit or Cincinnati to the greater Sarasota area. What would the process be that you would take me through before you place me at one of the local organizations here? What are the broad strokes that you take me through? What does that sure. look like? Sure. Um, so first up, we always do a pre-screen, um, which is just a who, what, when, where, why. Who are you? What are you looking for? When are you looking to move down? Why are you looking to make that move, right? And just really get a chance to know who you are and what you're looking for. And then what we can do is take a look at uh, the positions that we have available, and then we can start to do a little bit more of a deep dive, right? There's a lot more nuances, right? I'm sure you, you, know, you just hit the nail on the head with a cardiac nurse, right? It's, it's not as easy as you're a nurse. You can do everything a nurse could do, right? If you're a cardiac nurse, you're probably looking for a position in you know, that same realm, right? So we try and you know, identify the opportunities that we have and match you know, accordingly. Well, so then is it, do you actually coach the candidate? You say, look, here's the job openings that I have. This is where I think I could place you. And then you kind of give them some insights into the organization and you're actually kind of acting a little bit as a coach. Yes, uh, we do a lot of motivational interviewing. And then my ultimate goal would be to help 
every candidate convey their value to the organization and focus more on conveying value and less how am I doing during the interview process. And, and we guide our, our candidates through that process and, and, you know, whether it's interview preps, hopping on a Zoom call, making sure that, you know, the camera's working, making sure that we can hear them on the audio, making sure they smile, you know, ask good questions, all those things. That's fascinating. Well, how, how do you then stay on top of not the trends in the industry, but where do you get your candidates from? So I'm a little bit of a unique recruiter in today's world. And, and the joke is I'm young, but I started with just a phone and a phone book and go find me some nurses, right? So there's a whole other avenue of recruiting that is a little different than today's world. And I've been able to kind of blend that old school headhunting with today's technology. So we have, um, that's one thing I've always wanted when we started Titan was to provide as many resources to our team members as possible. Cause ultimately the more tools they have, the more candidates they can find that, that may be potentially a good fit. So we're on everything. We do a little bit of proactive uh, recruiting, which would be headhunting, identifying talent, uh, whether it's local competitors, going after those, you know, and, and trying to find and capture the attention of professionals who are doing the job right now. And then we do a little bit more of a passive approach where we do have access to resume databases. We post jobs online. We're very active on social media. Um, those are primarily the ways we do it. But at the end of the day, right, you, you can't build a relationship without having a conversation. So we try to make sure that's the focus ultimately. Do, do most of your candidates come to you through social media or just all the above that you just went over? It's a little bit of everything. You know, I think we're a little bit more proactive. We, we seek out the candidates that we would like for the positions that we have that are available rather than the passive approach which is, you know, kind of, I think why I have a job ultimately. Um, if we just wait for, you know, the magic cardiac nurse to, to fall into our laps, uh, we'll be waiting for a little while. What's happening right here? And you're obviously based in Sarasota and I know Titan, we were talking before we hit record, really works all over the East Coast, up and down the East Coast. But what's happening right here in the greater Sarasota area is the dearth of uh, available candidates is it as real as what you read? The jobs are, they're a dime a dozen right now. Yeah. Um, the opportunities, I think that the hospital systems here in the area are trying to ramp up. I think there was something like 6,000 people a day moving to Florida. Um, so if you can imagine, that means there's a lot more patients and with the pandemic realized that we didn't have enough staff already. Now there's more people coming here. So they're really trying to ramp up and get as many qualified clinicians as they can and offering various incentives, whether it's sign on relocation, housing allowance for permanent positions, which you haven't seen before. I had the pleasure of having David Verinder on back in episode 137. He's a CEO over there at the Sarasota Memorial Health Systems. And at the time we, our conversation was primarily about COVID, but at the time he mentioned they had 9,000 employees working at the hospital. Now they're opening up the new one down in Venice. So mm. I can only imagine how much 
open positions there are right now. I mean, are you seeing a lot of folks coming in wanting to move to this area? And then, then of course, you got the issue of affordable housing. That's the other part, which you really don't deal with. Well, that in culmination with the hurricane, uh, believe it or not, we're, we're still very much recovering. Um, I work with a lot of companies in this area and, and even further south that I had a hard time. I had an NP, uh, a wow. pediatric nurse practitioner. She had she had a big family. She had six kids, and th- we couldn't find a house. And this was only six months ago. Um, and we just were like, well, we'll table it for now. The job's yours when you're ready. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely challenging to say the least. That's kind of the other piece of the puzzle. I'm trying to think of some other organizations that have to really deal with the housing, you know, like manufacturers, you know, they can't Mm. find people to come in, whether it's mid-level managers, but do you actually deal then in some of the housing issues? I mean, do you have relationships with realtors here that will go and look for housing or, I mean, you know, anymore, you you can't be a, you know, one trick pony, as they say, or you have to kind of have, you know, a number of uh, tools in your toolbox. Well, you know, sometimes I, uh, I'll do whatever it takes to earn my fee. That's for sure. You know, whether it's partnering with a, a local realtor to, to help find a candidate, a, a position or a house. And then a couple of colleagues and I have joked around about buying an apartment building here in town. And we'll just, you know, anyone who's moving to the area, we've got a place for you until you can find a, a spot permanently. Wow. Wow. Uh, that makes it tough. Yeah. No kidding. That makes it tough. What do you do to stay on top of this market? Obviously, all industries are going through disruption. Mm. Um, we can talk about the disruption that's happened from COVID and hurricanes, um, red tide down here. These are natural, mm. some natural events that have impacted this area, and I'm sure you hear it from your candidates coming down here. But there are other things that are happening, too, like telemedicine is something that's coming on strong. I use it with my doctor, but what do you see happening in your industry as far as placing candidates? I mean, do, do, do hospitals and other medical facilities have to manage their employees like a temp agency now? Cause they know that people are so mobile and they're going to move. What's some of the stuff that's happening out there? Well, so there's been a big transition, I think, you know, from travel to, you know, what is it? Return to office nowadays. Right. I think that that's been a huge thing. I think though, since the pandemic, a lot of clinicians are more privy to the remote roles. So it's it's like this weird dynamic where like half of the clinicians that are in the market want remote, and then half of the clients want them in the office. So we're in this new era that we've never been in before, and and it actually. You know, the first time in probably a decade, I've seen companies now are, are willing to consider like hybrid or remote type schedules for positions that primarily would, would all be on site. I have a, a clinical manager position. It's a manager. And, and normally in my head, if, if you are a supervisor, you should be there to supervise. Right. Um, and they're willing to consider a hybrid schedule. Uh, it's, it's more of the wherever, whenever, as long as the job gets done mentality. That that's really been a big shift recently. That's interesting. Now, do you have like any of the heads up that you can give candidates coming in? Like this organization kind of manages you this way or they know all that stuff coming 
for a particular job? Yeah, so when we do an intake uh, for a new client of ours, um, and we are a little bit more selective uh, on who we partner with. Um, we really try to make sure it's a fillable order, right? So we try to identify you know, who they are, what they've done, kind of like a who, what, when, where, why on the company as well. And then maybe do a little deep dive into their culture, their personality, you know, their retention, you know, the management styles, the leadership, and really try and convey that to our candidates so that way they know what they're stepping into, right? Because long term, I want every candidate to be there forever, right? And, sure. and ultimately, recyclability on both sides. I want the candidate the next time they're looking for a job to call me and the client the next time they're looking to hire someone to call me as well. Is this a good time to go into the healthcare market here? Healthcare is booming. You know, yeah. it, it, it really is. It's, it's all there's been boomers. A, there's been a need <laughs> since I started recruiting. You know, there was 200,000 uh, open vacancies for physicians across the country. And now wow. it's like, like doubled or tripled. Wow. And then when the pandemic happened, uh, schools shut down. So you had a lot of new grads not being trained. And then... Folks that were close to retirement, maybe five, 10 years, took that early retirement. So now we're left with this window. So, so yes, healthcare is booming, to say the least. Talk about the Titan placement group. How do you guys compare in the market? Are you hyper-specialized? Are you larger than a lot of your competitors? I mean, what sets you guys apart? I think a couple things. Um, Number one, I think, and it's going to sound silly, but action. Um, we're a huge proponent of being more proactive, right? And, and I've been recruiting now for about a decade, and it seems like uh, a lot of organizations are trying to shy away from hard work and more automation, which is, which is important, and I see a huge need for it. Um, but just because we want to work smart, doesn't mean we don't have to work hard too. Um, it seems like just picking up the phone and having engaging conversations has kind of been our, our huge differentiator along with the technology side. So I'm kind of thinking about my role as a recruiter and, and I'm transitioning into more of a business owner, but a lot of the decisions that we've made have been as if we were employees, because we are, right? So we provide ourselves with every resource that we can. And like we have not taken a dime out of the organization. We've been just reinvesting everything right back into our resources. And there's not a tool that I don't have that, that I haven't tried or you know, am not open to trying. Um, so that's kind of like what sets us apart. The technology piece, which is huge, we automate everything too, but then we also pick up the phone and have those conversations. Interesting, because you mentioned the technology. Have you tried any AI yet, ChatGPT? I have, uh, surprisingly, and I love ChatGPT. Um, sometimes I feel like you know there's still the, the human element is missing, which is kind of like our whole business model. Um, However, like when it comes to reformatting a resume or summarizing a resume or, you know, um, you know, reviewing agreements on the legal side, right. you know, there's tons of applications in, in our field for sure. 
Right. Well, I, I will give you a little secret. I use ChatGPT to give me the 10 questions I was going to ask you today. How about that? <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's awesome. But They're good ones, right. too. You have to go back and edit because it's, it's, it's still too sterile mm. and you want to humanize it. And there's some nuances that it's just not going to pick up. I mean, like the very first question I asked you, which was, you know, what's one thing most people don't know about Justin? Now, chat's not going to do that. Mm. So uh, and that's just kind of part of the, the brand I hope that I'm developing here on the show. But, uh, yeah, I used that really because the format, I went back in and edited it, and uh, it, it threw out some good stuff, threw out some good stuff. The other question did, did not ask, what I'm going to ask you now, got to give us a couple of stories, you know, where you helped a candidate <laughs> or an organization. I'm sure you have some good ones over 10 years. So, so give us a couple of stories. Yeah, yeah. Um... Well, um, in the, the tone of candidate recyclability, um, I have a candidate now that I'm hoping to place for the third time in my career. Um, someone that I had bumped into when I first started recruiting, when I first started recruiting, I did a lot of infection control. Um, this is, what is that? They are the folks that go through each department within the hospital to make sure that they're following the infection control protocols and food for thought. So every time someone gets a hospital inquired infection, it's like $20,000 for the hospital. It's like a big ding. And the more they get, the less revenue, like grant funding they get and stuff like that. So really in order to keep everything, you know, in line with quality, yep. they have infection control professionals. Okay. They go through with, I assume a white glove, Right, I'm not a healthcare professional. They go through with the white glove. They make sure if there's, you know, disclaimer, any disclaimer, a, a, a speck of dust or whatever, and if there is, yeah. they address it and, and try and make it so that that way it's not the case. Um, but yeah, look, working with one. Um, so you placed her. candidate very very well then. Yeah, yeah. I've, um, my uh, my stepmom is from Nepal. She is, has a Nepali background, cool. and we got we just got to talking. She invited me over to her house in Houston for dinner and and everything. And and now every time she's looking for a new opportunity, whether it's a new you know move with the family or you know growth, you know she reaches out to me, and and that really is where I get a lot of my fulfillment in this field. You know, I might not be the person, you know, with the white glove on, right? But if I can help that person get to where they can make a huge impact and, and maybe save, you know, tons of lives, you know, that's that's huge for me. That's cool. um, I have another one. I um, was doing an interview prep. Uh, it's where I do a, a quick call before someone goes to an interview. And one of the questions I always uh, ask is, you know, um, Basically, you know, we want to make sure we dress for success, dress your Sunday best. We always say conservative but professional, right? We're not trying to, you know, uh, go one way or another. We're trying to stay kind of in, in, in our lane, if that makes sense. Um, is there anything that maybe we should be concerned about? And I've had folks with, you know, um, pink hair, you know, going in for an executive director position at a major hospital system or it's like, I, you know, Sometimes you got to dye your hair, you know, to get a, to get the job, Absolutely. you know, you, you gotta, you gotta speak to your audience. Right. So, um, in the best way I could, cause you know, I can't really make those kinds of recommendations, but I can make them as recommendations. Right. Um, she inevitably, you know, dyed her hair, went in there, got the job. Um, once she got to know them, uh, okay. I saw she 
redid her LinkedIn profile picture and she now has purple hair. Um, <laughs> so, you know, whatever you got to do to get the job, I guess. You know, I'm, I'm old enough to remember when the personal branding thing mm. came in vogue. And now it's, of course, on everything, social media and, and whatever you do, your website, how you dress, et cetera. But I've, it's, it's really your reputation. I mean, to me, it's just an, it's a repackaging of what your reputation is and whatnot. And people do make decisions about you very, very quickly. So if that's what mm. you got to do to land the job, that was good advice. It seems to me, you know, it's funny as you're talking, I, you know, I'm just, you saying you have this guy that's come through you three times. It seems to me like, again, like that coaching aspect is something that you guys could be really good at because, you know, obviously you're placing somebody and you have a real impact on somebody's career on really their economic standard of living. And mm. uh, I just brought that up because I had Tony Dom on. He's uh, a CEO here. He does a lot of um, uh, he's at excellence performance, but he does a lot of mm. uh, coaching and whatnot. But it seems like you're you're so directly connected to someone's uh, again standard of living and the their career that they do. It's, you know, that coaching aspect maybe something you guys could add. Maybe I need maybe I need a coach going forward. Well, no, Bob, I think, you know, thinking about it, I think that might be our biggest differentiator, right? We're not a lot we'll of recruiters. Yeah. A lot of recruiters are just trying to sell you into a job, you know, and, and the reality is there's, there are plenty of candidates out there. I don't need to do that. I take more of a consultative approach on both sides, right? My client's not looking for a body and my candidates are not just looking for a job, right? And I think I do try and coach on, on both sides to, to hopefully, you know, identify, is this the job you want? If it is, then we can work on all the other stuff. You know, is this a company you want to work for? Are these the people you want to work with? You know, or is this the type of environment, the, dem the patient demographic? Like those things are the important parts because it, if, if none of those are checking the boxes, it doesn't matter what they pay you. It doesn't matter how much your health insurance costs, right? Ultimately you want to make a good match and that, sure. That consultative or that coaching approach, I think, has been been huge for us, for sure. That's cool. That's cool. I'm glad to hear that again as everything becomes more standardized and technology takes over. Well, if someone is out there right now listening, they're a nurse, they're I don't know, radio technologist or uh, X-ray technologist or you know, nurse's assistant, or they're listening to this podcast. What would you like them to know about you and why should they reach out? Well, uh, we'll take care of you. Um, here at Titan, uh, we've got a team of eight recruiters now that are all very trained. Um, they know how to take a consultative approach to your career, really, and, and try and identify opportunities that we have that are available, right? And chances are, like, we have something, but there's also a chance that we might not have an opportunity for you, and that's okay. Right, we could stay friends, and and if something else comes along, we'll reach back out to you, go over the details, and if it's something you want to talk more about, we absolutely can. And Justin, where can people find you? You can find me anywhere and everywhere. Uh, we are off the uh, corner of Fruitville and Tuttle, and the Ringling Professional Center. We are on all social media platforms, whether it's LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok you name it, we're on there. And you've got my number too, it's on my website, which is titanplacementgroup.com. And my number is 941-269-1000. Justin, it's been a pleasure having you on the Sarasota Stories podcast. 
Thank you, Bob. It's been awesome. Thank you so much. Listen, I always appreciate my listeners uh, tuning in. And as I always say, remember to listen, learn, and connect, and onward and upward. See you later, Justin. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. Bye-bye.